guess what? It's Christmas time in North Texas. Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast. My name is Richard, KB5JBV, and I am your host. It is Christmas time here in Texas, so uh, for everybody who uh, is interested, Merry Christmas to you all. Uh, for those of you who uh, uh, may not be cons- seriously considering Christmas, Happy Hanukkah to you, because I know it's that time of year also. And for those who don't want to be reminded why we have Christmas, Y'all send me an email from work on December 25th. All righty. It's been a busy month here. Uh, This is my busy time of year. Plus, I have uh, three grandchildren, three children, and step or uh, uh, children-in-laws and all this other stuff. So it's been a a real go-getter. Let's get this email out of the way. Uh, The first one we got is from uh, John. M0JFE, and John writes, uh, well, what can I say? Uh, one of the better ones out there. Well done. First heard it, uh, heard of it via solder smoke, so thank Bill. Thank you, Bill. I didn't know you were promoting us over there, and uh, I surely do appreciate it. Any chance of a podcast on using Packet? Well, you know, I think I, I'd have to check back, but I'm not sure. We might have done some packet on one of the earlier shows. I do intend on getting back around to it because there's been some developments in that vein. And uh, I would definitely like to uh, do an expanded version of the packet program. Mainly uh, 7 Plus folders for download and upload. Well, I've been warned by several people and saw it myself when we were running BBSs here locally. Uh, 7-plus, you might want to try and uh, look towards another way of transferring files because there was a problem with 7-plus with a lot of viruses, a lot of viruses coming through. Uh, Let's see, what else we got? I use WinPack. Uh, Yeah, I'd like to know more about WinPack if anybody's picked up developing that. I used to used to like that and I still uh, 
have a windows or two machine around here and uh, Winpack was really one of the better uh, better uh, programs. And I'm a bit slow on the uptake since a head injury in 2004. Well, you know, I'm slow on the uptake all the time, so uh, I understand. We will get you some information, though. Also, converse modes and how to use the shortcuts, etc. I enjoy the packet system. And I also use data modes on HF, and we're going to be talking about those more, too, as well as phones. So who knows, maybe one day I will... We will work each other, keep up the good work. Once finance improve, I will be able to send something, but in the meantime, I will continue to promote your podcast. All the best for Christmas in 2008. Well, thank you, John. That's John, M0JFE. And holy mackerel, that, that's a action-packed email. Uh, Bill over at Solder Smoke, if you're listening to me, buddy, uh... Thank you. If any of you guys know there, that there's active development going on with Winpack, uh, let me know. I'll uh, I'll put Packet back on the list so I know it's there, but uh, and we'll get to it. And as far as HF modes, currently over at Linux in the Ham Shack, we're uh, we're just getting into uh, PSK31 over there, so. John, you might want to go over and check that one out. That's uh, that's over at BlackSparrowMedia.com stroke LHS Lima Hotel Sierra or H maybe. It's Ubuntu anyway. Alrighty, and the next one is from Damon NN7B. Damon listens to both shows. Uh, good to hear from you, Damon. Thanks for the information on batteries. I have a question. How do sealed gel batteries, I think they are considered lead acid, compare to NICAD and nickel metal hydride for a grab-and-go kit or a mobile station in an emergency where there is no AC power? Thanks again for the training on memory effect and voltage depression. I think this is great information. And that's from Damon, NN7B. And uh, Damon, uh, actually, we're talking about gel cells in the main segment. It's kind of short. Uh, it is Christmas time, y'all. Merry Christmas, y'all. And um, we are talking about that. The short of it is I use gel cells for a portable operation, uh, a 2-amp hour battery, which I have several of those. Uh, will run handhelds forever in a day. I have some bigger gel cells uh, located out in the, out in the shed that I intend on bringing in back into the shack to uh, operate some of the equipment here in case of power failures. So you can do a lot worse than gel cells. Let me tell you, uh, NICADs and nickel metal hydride batteries are, are good batteries. But it's kind of hard to find them in sizes that'll run your system for quite a while. Come think of it, my HF rig, I can purchase battery packs for it to operate at 10 watts. Uh, I believe those are uh, uh, nickel metal hydride. I'll have to check into that. Anyway, Damon, thanks for the email. We only got two emails this week, guys, or this time around, guys. So uh, y'all are slacking. Alrighty, and donations, let's see, 
We got a donation from David in Pleasanton, California. I wish you guys would put a call sign on these. But, uh, David, thank you very much. Um, we also got one from, oh, my God. The name's not on there. But I know who it's from. It's Jerry Taylor. Uh, KD0B, KD0BIK over at the Practical Amateur Radio Podcast. Uh, if y'all haven't listened to Jerry's podcast, y'all go over there and listen. There's a lot of good information over there. And, uh, Jerry, I sure appreciate it. Uh, it's like I said before, we work together. We, we get everybody up to speed. So thank you, Jerry. All right, folks. I really don't have anything to complain about. Uh, as far as y'all may have noticed that we are diverging from the normal musical format on this particular episode. I try not to do, uh, do too many things that are, uh, time specific or time of year specific on the podcast but doggone it we've been going almost two years and i wanted some christmas music so i'm bringing y'all some christmas music and i hope y'all don't get too upset with me over it but hey it's it's just it's it's once a year it's once a year and by the way uh you folks y'all send me an e- the the folks i was talking about earlier y'all send me an email from your office on christmas eve also uh, and uh, Good Friday. Y'all make sure y'all send me one on Good Friday. Okay, so we've talked about diverging from the normal music format. I'd like to apologize for the quality of some of the sections of this particular podcast. I'm having to do it portable. So bits and pieces are getting recorded in all different places. So y'all, uh, y'all uh, bear with me for this episode. I'd also like to let y'all know that uh, KI6BGE sent us in a buzzword segment, and that's what y'all be listening to in here here in just a few minutes. And uh, uh, if y'all like it, I want y'all to send him some email. That's uh, KI6BGE out in California. He's he's a long time listener. He's been around since uh, almost the beginning. He's also one of the moderators over at forums over at BlackSparrowMedia.com. So if y'all go well, y'all go over and visit with him over there, uh, and sent, that made me think of something else. It is that gift-giving time of year, and I know it's a little on the late side, but you may still be able to get things rolling. Y'all go check out the uh, our uh, store over at uh, Cafe Press. We have T-shirts and that kind of stuff with the resonant frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast logo on it. And for those that... Uh, aren't interested in that go on over to amazon click through from one of the websites one of our websites and go to amazon.com and uh uh anything you purchase over there after you've clicked through off of our site we get a little piece of and uh, every little bit helps that reminds me of something else i've got so much going on between that other podcast and this here holy mackerel uh, K7AGE, Randy out there. Uh, y'all know Randy. He's the one with the great videos over on YouTube. Randy, you asked me a question about your Apple computer. Yes, considerable. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll send you an email and let you know how much. That was cryptic, y'all, wasn't it? Should have just sent it across in Morse code. Alrighty. Uh, what else? 
visit forums visit resonant frequency forums over at blacksparrowmedia.com send me emails at kb5jbv at blacksparrowmedia.com uh y'all listen to the other show linux in the ham shack we're uh, just getting started so uh, in fact we're going to back up after psk 31 do a do an install episode uh holy cow just so much so much and i'm not even at home where i can uh, dig up all the information well if i think of something uh if i think of something while these other segments are rolling then uh i'll throw it in there for you at the end all right so uh with that let's go ahead and move on to the next segment i won't be spending christmas wishing I had some place to go This gal's had a proposition From someone who I think you know Ho, ho I'm going on a date with Santa The man with the big red bag It's not a romance, just dinner and dance But I know the tongues will wag Going on a date with Santa I'm leaving my cares behind And I hope Mrs. Claus I hope Mrs. Claus I hope Mrs. Claus don't mind I went to the mall and I sat on his lap He gave me a pinch and I gave him a slap He hung candy canes from the front of my blouse I think something stirred and it wasn't a mouse He gave me a nod and I gave him a wink He asked if I'd like to go out for a drink I know that he's old and he's way overweight But I couldn't resist a celebrity date So I'm going on a date with Santa The man with the big red bag It's not a romance, just dinner and dance But I know the tongues will wag I'm going on a date with Santa I'm leaving my cares behind And I hope Mrs. Claus I hope Mrs. Claus I hope Mrs. Claus don't mind I'm rolling my hair up On little round pegs I'm fluffing and glossing And shaving my legs I know that it's silly I ought to get real If he sees when I'm sleeping Then what's the big deal? He's picking me up Around quarter to five He says that we'll go To some quaint little dive I ask him which one And he said he's not sure But it'll be someplace That doesn't mind Reindeer manure I'm going on a date With Santa The man with the big red bag The tongues will wag I'm going on a date with Santa I'm leaving my cares behind And I hope Mrs. Claus I hope Mrs. Claus I hope Mrs. Claus don't mind He knows that I'm naughty He says it's okay To tell you the truth He prefers it that way I know he leaves gifts under everyone's tree But he says that he's got something special for me I ask what she'd do if his wife ever found Her jolly old man had been fooling around He told me they keep their affairs to themselves And he'd rather not talk about her and the elves I'm going on a date with Santa The man with the big red, big red bag It's not a romance 
This is Tim Sutton, KI6BGE. Today I'd like to talk about superheterodyne. First is a big thank you to Richard, KB5JBV, and Black Sparrow Media for this opportunity to Elmer a bit. If you will bear with me for a few minutes, I will discuss my interest in superheterodyne receivers, who invented the superheterodyne receiver, when the superhet was invented, and why it was needed, along with where the name was derived from, some uh, other receiver types and advantages of the superheterodyne receiver, some disadvantages of the superheterodyne receiver, common superheterodyne applications, and modern superheterodyne receivers. Hope you bear with me a little bit. First, I heard anything like this. My interest in the history of the superheterodyne comes from my father. He passed away in 1994. My father was born in 1908 and became an electronics engineer. He saw firsthand how radio developed. One of my best memories of him was a discussion I had when I was 12 years old while I was building an Allied Radio walkie-talkie kit. He took the time to show me what each circuit was for and why he was there. This kit used a superheterodyne circuit, and I learned a lot about building that kit. When we put the 9-volt battery in it and it came alive, I understood why and was amazed at how well that little transceiver worked. Just as a sideline, my buddy bought the next one up. We had a ball with those things in elementary school. Uh, Edwin Armstrong is responsible for the superhet. During World War I, high-frequency radio direction-finding equipment used triode tubes as in an RF amplifier. These were early regenerative radios. This design had an inherent problem in that both the plate and the grid were connected to resonant circuits that, when tuned to the same frequency, the amplifier would go into oscillation if the stage gain was much more than unity. Stray capacitive coupling between the grid and the plates caused this. Not much amplification could be had without dozens of triode stages and cascade. This made for very complex and power-hungry radios. Armstrong knew that higher frequencies aid in detecting enemy ships and at a much longer distance. It was common knowledge that if you let a regenerative radio go into oscillation, other receivers nearby would start picking up stations on frequencies other than the ones they were transmitted on. In 1918, Armstrong discovered th- er, that this was caused by a supersonic heterodyne between the station's carrier frequency and the frequency of the oscillation. Heterodyning is the electrical or acoustic beating as in a beat frequency oscillator that is used in single sideband to insert a carrier. This mix of the two frequencies created, or two more frequencies, one was the sum of the original two and the other was the difference of the original two. And you thought you'd never use sum and difference again once you got out of math class, huh? 
What Armstrong did next revolutionized radio. Superheterodyning, or using the sum and difference, he could listen to a signal at 2,000 kilohertz by setting up an oscillator at 2,500 kilohertz filter out or ignore the sum of 4,500 and use the difference of 50 kilohertz as an intermediate frequency. This lower IF frequency could be used in a high-gain triode amplifier very effectively and very efficiently. You now had a radio that was much simpler and used much less power. Another advantage of the superhet is that if you used a tuned amplifier section, then the selectivity is increased. Armstrong and others made a lot of improvements to the design over the years. Today, even though the superheterodyne is 90 years old, it is still a design of choice even for software-controlled radios such as the Flex or my Icon ICPCR 1500. Television, as we know them, take full advantage of bandpass precision needed for the vestigial sidebands required by the NTSC standards. The use of saw filters was refined in the 1980s and have made superheterodyne truly super. There are some drawbacks, such as interference from signals that are too close to the IF frequency. To minimize this, regulatory agencies control the use of IF frequencies. High side and low side injection can be a problem if the frequency shift is not filtered out prior to the mixer stage. The problem of image frequencies is a major disadvantage. In superheterodyne receiver, a frequency equal to the input frequency plus twice the intermediate frequency is bad. It results in interference from two stations being received at the same time. If the RF amplifier is attenuated and filtered, this won't be a problem. I hope you enjoyed listening to my buzzword contribution, and I hope to, I inspire others to try to do it also. Thank you to Richard, KB5JBV, and Black Sparrow Media for a great podcast. And all of you listening, don't forget to visit and contribute to the forums at Black Sparrow Media. KI6BG, clear, and take it from here, Richard. It's a dog's life, so they tell me. I guess it'll always be. Cause I'm a big great dog who eats like a hog. Well, at least mine eats are free. Oh, but this year it's gonna be different. My stomach will have to wait. Cause when Santa gets the gist of my Christmas list, he's gonna bring me something great. I don't want no bones for Christmas. I want an electric guitar. Don't bring me rubber balls, give me an old less Paul, I could be a superstar. I don't want no bones for Christmas, just forget them chewy toys. Give me the perfect tool for a rockin' fool to make some Christmas noise. Write me some doggy pop songs to howl on MTV. Gonna dig my legs by electricity. Gonna make 
guitar Scaring off all the cats with my fender strap Gonna make me a canine star When I shake my hips like Elvis Growl that blue-eyed soul With my axe strap gonna be so far continuing series on uh, batteries and power, uh, external power and charging and all that good stuff. This time, let's talk a little bit about a couple other type of batteries. Uh, the first one uh, would be gel cell batteries. Now, I know uh, you newer guys have probably heard people talking about gel cell batteries. Some of you may have tried some. Gel cell batteries are one of the most common backup batteries that we use as a secondary battery for different purposes, uh, mainly because uh, uh, they're getting so inexpensive nowadays and really easy to come by. First of all, uh, let me say that gel cell batteries belong to a, a class of battery known as valve-regulated lead-acid. This is the designation for low-maintenance lead-acid batteries also called recombinant batteries. Uh, VLR, VRLA batteries are commonly uh, further classified as absorbent glass mat batteries and gel cell batteries. Okay, now that's the technical description. What it basically boils down to, and we're talking about gel cells, uh, the glass mat batteries we may get into, I'm not real sure, but pretty much these batteries have a pressure relief valve which is activated when the battery is recharged at high voltage. Valve activation allows some of the active material to escape thus decreasing the overall capacity of the battery. Okay, The lids typically have gas diffusers built into them to allow safe dispersal of any excess hydrogen that may be formed during overcharge and every one of us overcharges. They are not uh, permanently sealed, which is a misnomer because they're also known as sealed lead-acid batteries. 
they are not permanently sealed but are maintenance free okay so a gel cell battery is VRLA with a gelified electrolyte now what that means is that the sulfuric acid is mixed with silica and it turns the electrolyte the active part of the battery the liquid part of your car battery would be the electrical electrolyte it turns it into a, a gel like material now this has the advantages of number one preventing spillage due to bumping it and knocking it around that kind of stuff it also makes it a little more rugged when damaged I mean you're gonna have to replace it if it's damaged but it's not like it's gonna cause more problems because it is damaged if that makes any sense at all okay unlike traditional wet sub lead acid batteries the batteries do not need to be kept upright which is a definite plus for us amateur radio operators because we're not always in a position to have a nice flat surface to set our extra batteries on to run things in addition gel battery batteries virtually eliminate electrolyte evaporation or spillage as I said a while ago um, I mean you can kick them over knock them over it's not going to hurt anything they boast greater resistance to extreme temperatures shock and vibration and car batteries uh, are notorious for the fact that if you bump them or bang them around or put a lot of vibration to them they will start having problems and we'll talk about uh, car type batteries in an upcoming episode um, and I'll explain more fully why they're more susceptible to damage these batteries are often colloquially referred to as sealed lead acid batteries or SLA due to their non-leaking containers but they are not completely sealed they have a valve in the top chemically they are the same as a wet cell battery except that the plates which are a lead compound or a lead uh, alloy instead of having antimony in them which is part of the uh, the alloy that makes up the lead plates in most batteries these have been replaced with or the uh, antimony has been replaced with calcium this preserves the mechanical characteristics but renders the construction far less prone to gassing the battery type is often referred to as a lead calcium battery now quickly a word on gassing for those of you who have worked around cars or possibly had a car at some time that the alternator was overcharging or that kind of stuff and you smelt that rotten egg smell that's the battery gassing outgassing and the reason is too much charge starts to create electrolysis hydrogen separates from the water and the uh, acid that's in the battery hydrogen smells bad I've heard people refer to sulfur as smelling like rotten eggs hydrogen 
really smells like rotten eggs. <laughs> and as far as danger, in the case of a, a liquid electrolyte in a, in a battery, it is very dangerous because if the battery explodes, it can get all over you. If you tip that battery over, it, it can spill and get all over you. A lot of people, myself included for a lot of years, but I know better now, think that it's not possible to uh, have a battery explode. Yes, they can. Hydrogen is one of the components of rocket fuel, y'all. Uh, the reason we don't have hydrogen cars right now is because hydrogen is pretty explosive when you add a little oxygen and a spark. I had a battery uh, back when I was in the... Uh, auto repair industry I had a car battery explode right next to my head because the guys working with took a uh, a battery charger a, a jump starter and hooked it up to the battery and there was a spark while there was a little too much hydrogen coming out of the battery and it blew up luckily I had the grill of the car between me and the battery but it did leave me uh, unable to hear for uh, several hours. So be very careful as f with any of these batteries. If you smell a strange smell, figure out what it is really quick. Another one of the advantages of gel cells is that because of their construction and because they're far less uh, prone to, to gassing, uh, ventilation requirements where you're using them is not as high. If you can't smell them, then you're probably in good shape. You know, I'm a smoker and I can smell them. So, that pretty much, uh, other than availability, that's pretty much all that can really be said about uh, gel cell batteries. As far as availability, you can find them at ham fests, there's always used uh, batteries, used uh, gel cell batteries out at Hamfest. Uh, Skywarn School I go to here locally. They allow a couple vendors to come in and sell uh, MCOM related stuff uh, before the uh, Skywarn School starts. And uh, it hadn't been too many years ago that one of them had some batteries out there, and I picked them up pretty cheap. If you got friends in the uh, security alarm business or they're some a tech for a cell phone company. These are great places to get a hold of them too because uh, these two places have maintenance schedules. So rather than have a battery fail on them when they need it, I, because they use them for backups if the power goes down, they replace them on a regular maintenance schedule. So there are perfectly good gel cell batteries coming out of these cell phone sites and coming out of alarm systems that can be used for or put into service for amateur radio. Or, at the, uh, at the very least, you can buy them. If I remember correct, correctly, Batteries America carries them. Uh, there's several other battery companies that carry them. You might even be able to purchase them through your favorite ham store. There's too many ham stores out there for me to check into, and I really haven't looked over at my favorite, but knowing them, they've probably got it, and if they don't, I've probably got one or two backup places I can go to to get them. So with that, 
we've pretty much uh, got y'all up to speed on jail cells. Let me talk uh, real fast before we end this segment about lithium-ion batteries. Now, uh, lithium-ion, the only reason I'm bringing them into the discussion is nowadays most of the stuff that you put your hands on, a laptop, a handheld, whatever, has lithium-ion batteries in it. Now, lithium-ion batteries, like I said, are commonly used in that kind of stuff, mostly because of their energy-to-weight ratio and the fact that they don't suffer from memory effect. Now, we talked about memory effect, if y'all remember, and if you weren't here for that episode, go on back and download the last episode. I believe that's where we were discussing memory effect. And they lose their charge slowly. Okay, so if you have them sitting on the shelf for a while, you've charged them, you've set them up, put them up, you got them in your go kit, whatever, uh, they normally have a slower loss of charge than some of the other batteries that are available that we use on a regular basis. Now, I'm not going to bore y'all with how they're made up and that kind of stuff, but some of the advantages, once again, is that lithium batteries can be formed into a wide variety of shapes and sizes, so they can, they can make them to fit just about anything. Lithium-ion batteries are lighter than other equivalent secondary batteries, often much lighter. Also, lithium-ion batteries do, do not suffer from memory effect. I said that a while ago, but they also have a low self-discharge rate, which is approximately 5% a month compared to 30% a month for nickel metal hydride batteries and 10% a month with nickel cadmium. So you can see that they're going to hang on to that energy a little longer. Okay, some of the disadvantages of lithium-ion batteries is um, one of the drawbacks of lithium-ion batteries is its service life. It is dependent on, on aging, shelf life, from the time of manufacture. Regardless of whatever it was charged, whether it was charged, or the number of charge-discharge cycles, the battery will decline slowly and predictably in capacity. This means an older battery will not last as long as a new battery, due solely to its age. Unlike other batteries, this is due to an increase in internal resistance, which affects its ability to deliver current Thus, the problem is more pronounced in high-current applications than low. This drawback is not widely published, so y'all consider that when you're looking at lithium-ion batteries. A couple more things. The internal resistance of a lithium-ion battery is relatively high compared to other rechargeable chemistries such as nickel metal hydride or nickel cadmium. The internal resistance of a typical lithium-ion battery, battery is around 320 milliohms when new compared to less than 100 for a NICAD battery, NICAD cell. Lithium-ion batteries also are not as durable as nickel metal hydride or nickel cadmium designs and can be extremely dangerous if mistreated. 
They may explode if overheated or if charged to an extremely high voltage, which is not something that we're really going to have to worry about too much as amateur radio operators. We don't want to charge a typical 3-volt cell to 5 volts, but we're not going to do that anyway. You know, they've got safety. Lithium-ion batteries also have safety features. That lithium-ion chemistry is not as safe as nickel metal hydride. And lithium-ion requires several mandatory safety devices to be built in before it can be considered safe for use outside of a laboratory. These are shutdown separator for over-temperature, tearaway tab for internal pressure, a vent, and a thermal interrupt, which is probably far further into this than y'all really want, want to get into. If you really want to get into it more, you know, you can go read up on the lithium-ion batteries. There's a lot of good information on batteries out there. The gel cells, the lithium-ions, the NICADs, the nickel metal hydrides that we've covered already. My suggestion is y'all go on out there and... Uh, and take a look at these. Decide what's best for you so far. We're going to do our best to get on to, to something slightly different by the next time. But we'll see what happens. I'd like to thank y'all for hanging in on this, uh, this series of shows. And apparently the last one was pretty well received. So uh, we're going to keep going for a little while with them. And with that, I think we'll move on to the next segment. Oh, dear Santa, I'm writing this letter to you. You're the one who can make Christmas wishes come true. As a guy, you'll know why it's the right thing to do. Santa, send me a wife for Christmas. Make her look like a model from Vanity Fair. With a figure that makes a man kneel down in prayer She'll be wild for my wide body and thinning hair Santa sent me a wife for Christmas She'll be sweet and adoring and she will not care If I spend all the fortune to which she is heir she would trim up the tree, fix the house up so neat. Then she'd come up and beg, could she please rub my feet? While my buddies and me would be watching football, a delicious aroma would drift down the hall. She'd appear in her apron, with cookies for all Santa send me a wife for Christmas She'll pick all the right presents for me and my folks and she'll laugh herself silly at all of my jokes She'll address Christmas cards 
by the fire's warm glow, and I'll stand by her side while she shovels the snow. Oh, dear Santa, this is a tall order, I know. Make her meek and soft-spoken to flatter me so, and she'll just be aggressive beneath mistletoe. Can you get me this wife by Christmas? Ho, 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 Will she light up my life this Christmas? Santa send me a wife for Christmas. Well, there you go. Uh, we're at the end of another Resident Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast. Uh, I'm glad you all could join us. I'm sorry for the lateness and the quality of this particular episode, but it's been truly hectic here. Uh, if y'all have any comments, suggestions, uh, uh, just want to say hello. You can uh, send me an email at kb5jbv at blacksparrowmedia.com kb5jbv at blacksparrowmedia.com or don't forget to visit the forums come over to the forums at blacksparrowmedia.com yes we do require that you register but that's just to keep the spammers out and i know y'all don't want to look at all that spam so y'all come on over and visit us uh also tune in to uh, linux in the ham shack our other show which is uh at blacksparrowmedia.com stroke LHS, Lima Hotel Sierra. And uh, maybe you can pick up some tips over there. Uh, we're starting out as a Linux program, but I'm sure we will cover other uh, uh, freely available software at some point. Okay, I think we've pretty much covered it. I'm going to go, uh, go finish up my business so I can try and be ready for the grandkids here in the here on Christmas uh, Christmas Day, you folks uh, enjoy the holiday. Uh, enjoy yourselves. Enjoy your family. Uh, Merry Christmas to every one of you, even those who are going to send us an email from their office on December 25th. Um, let me tell you, this is the time of year, and yeah, it's a busy time for me, but doggone it. Like I said, it's only once a year. Well, with that, take care of yourselves, take care of your family, and uh, we'll see y'all next time.
Jingle bell, jingle bell, 